to Say That, the podcast for your big questions to get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here... Hello! Oh, was I... Did I come in early? Man Sorry. sense of timing he's known for the world over, Flynn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Say hello now. Oh, hello! <laughs> that's, not, that's not... It's not that I did something wrong in the editing, folks. That's happening live. Yeah, it's good. So joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Greetings. Joining us all the way from Memphis, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Guys, it's hard to hear you over the air conditioning that's running in the oh. room. Oh, okay. Oh, it's just that, really, it's just really, it's just gotten like abnormally warm. That is cold, Younger. This that's weekend. aggressive. That's unnecessarily aggressive. That's well. That's, the next thing on my docket to do here is um, plug Lee's concert. Huh. But now I don't feel like I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you want to go to Lee's concert, you can find out the time and date yourself. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe there'll be air conditioning there, and you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Well, big oh, wait, we, in we, Tennessee. Oh, that's wait, it's probable. good for our business too. Never mind. I'll plug it. <laughs> uh, yes, right. That's right. Lee has a CD release concert happening scant days after you hear this. Woot! If you hear it on the day, if you download this on the week it comes out if you're listening to this years into the future please don't go to this address at this time because there won't be a concert there it yeah might the be space time continuum could get all screwed up if you try to do that <laughs> sure you have a real doc brown wearing the bulletproof vest situation but there is a concert it is saturday march the 8th 7 p.m in knoxville tennessee the young knoxville young life house that's 9 11 mount castle street ten dollars at the door here's where you're gonna get you're going to get a free copy of Lee's new CD, Free. You're going to get a journal with uh, the logo of that printed on it. You may get various and sundry other things that I can't remember right now. But uh, Well, you get the concert itself. Sure. Thank you, Jed. Yeah. You, that was you, very helpful. Yeah. That's like a bonus. It is. You, go, you come for the concert, you know what you get. Concert. concert. Well, this is don't, the- ever, don't ever accuse us of false advertising. That's right. I mean, are you, are you saying that Lee should play for free, Matthew? Because some of us believe the art should be supported. Now, clearly, if you're the kind of guy that just looks at musicians as monkeys that you throw a dime at and they dance for you, that's cool. I don't judge you, but I don't feel that way. Wait, so you're saying it would be disrespectful to look at musicians as animals. You just throw money at they play as your justification for they should get paid money for playing in front of people. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly That's what like, I'm saying. I'm not the one accusing people of being dancing monkeys. On that da- basis, I declare an emergency. Okay. Well, I, that comes as a surprise. Sure, what do you got? Uh, well, it just seemed like there's a lot of conflict in the air. <laughs> sure. So I just You're declared. A man, as a man of peace, you thought emergency ex- was the way to go? That's exactly right. Because I feel like. Uh, Lee's concert is tearing us apart. Really? Wow. <laughs> okay. Because it's like, I don't have any concert. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. So, how's that work? But are you a performing musician? Well, the, you, you know, not, uh, as they say in Latin, not per se. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? That's sure. Latin. Sure, yeah. Uh, I don't know what it means. Right. Per se. Per se. <laughs> but here's what I'm saying is uh, uh, we got a lot of, there's a lot of drama and hype surrounded this concert. Sure, absolutely. Because what it is is there's a, people are clamoring to get at it. Okay. So it's probably going to be like one of the standing room only, 
you know what, you may not even get in kind of things. Sure, maybe. Mm. So you're saying that probably it's going to be the kind of thing where there's like a red rope outside, people waiting in line. For sure. Tough dude in a t-shirt, you know, kind of telling people whether or not they can go in. Exactly you got to right. know somebody to be able to get into this thing. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't know if people should even bother going. I see. Because it's see. just, you know, are you cool enough? I see. Okay. It's this kind of attitude that won you all those sales trophies in your previous <laughs> life. And also, you know what's going to... Ford, don't even come down to the dealership. We won't sell you anything. <laughs> That's right. Glenn, yeah, can we talk in the next I, room, please? I thought it was a foolproof plan. Sure. but uh, Don't well, even try that agency. <laughs> President Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> Here, you know what else is a lot of... That's where all the good-looking people are going to be. Sure. Because it's like... Uh, you know, that's the kind of music it is. That's where you want to be seen, man. Some kind of some music you play it and you go to where that kind of music is playing, there are any good looking people there. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure, absolutely. Love Volatoli, let's not specify what kind of music that like is. Like jug band music. <laughs> no no one attractive is going to see a jug band. Well, see that's I mean? probably true. You know, uh, uh you know, that's uh so, you know, that kind of music. <laughs> okay. Seems there, good. I don't know if there's ever been a supermodel that has been in the same room where polka music is playing. <laughs> I could be wrong just about that. Just playing the odds, I would assume Heidi Klum at some point. Just I assume you grew up in Germany. It has you, to happen. You know what? I don't. But my, vi- my view of what Germany is is pretty stereotypical. <laughs> I assume there's polka music happening pretty much all just, the time. Just later hosen. Yeah, I yeah. assume they're just... Piping it through speakers everywhere. Lee, is there a chance you will be donning later hosen for your concert? Well, I mean, if I was never in an never. 80s hair band, I would be wearing leather pants, which is the direct translation of later hosen. But as I am not in an 80s hair band, I won't be wearing either leather pants or later hosen. Well, here's what I want to know. I feel like that was a very circuitous answer that somehow left the door open. This yeah. is what I want to know, because I feel like, you know, Glenn and Matt have really, they brought up something important here. If you, we know the beautiful people will be at your show. Yeah. We know that that's true. Yeah. Right. If international fashion icon Heidi Klum were to come to your show. Which is entirely possible. We're not saying it's going to happen. I think, I'd go so far as to call it likely. It's, it, it is in the realm of possibility. There is, it is literally <laughs> some percentage of possible that it could happen absolutely that's a science fact thank you okay so should when let's just go ahead and say when heidi klum shows up when if concert, or probably for sure but we'll just shorten that to when right when she shows up at your show are you going to make her feel uncomfortable by not being in later hosen because clearly yeah. that's the only kind of concert she's used to right is one where people are in later hosen yeah to make her feel welcome i mean are you going to be like hey here's international fashion icon heidi klum probably this isn't the place for you is that the message you want to send lee look, younger look here's what i'm saying i i will allow i, I will allow accordions Okay. I will allow uh, bratwurst. Okay. No later hosen. Well, I just don't know what to do with that. I, uh, you know, I don't know if we're really meeting in the middle here. You know, I, and and here's the thing: is uh, people they want to, you know, like uh, like the 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 young ladies, they want to go where the the attractive dudes are. Absolutely. Like they like if there's a boy band. Sure. They like to go and, and see it because you know what they think. Right. Maybe I can end up with one of them dudes. Well, okay, right. I, got, I got an idea. Now, now that you've said that, that gives me an idea. Because Lay it on me. 
The cool Leo, thing I'm very about this excited when we mentioned the idea of his concert being like a boy band. No, no, you're going to you're going to get this. It's going to make sense in here in a second. So uh, one cool thing about this concert is that uh, last month on Bridgebox, we featured a uh, we featured a, a brand new band from Knoxville, Tennessee called Southern Harmonic. This is a couple of UT students, a couple of guys named Clark Vickery and Brian Bozeman. And here's what I'm saying is these guys are young, you know, 22 years old college students. They are tip. They are technically they're boys. They're in a band. Technically, technically it's a boy band. What if, what if they wore like the skinny jean equivalent of lederhosen as a way to welcome all internet, like to make peace with all international guests? I, I think we're getting somewhere. Yeah, we're getting warmer. Let me let me just put this in there. Can they swoop their hair? Oh, I love a good swoop. Because sure. uh, the, the, the the ladies yeah. they like the boy bands. They have the swoopy hair. Right. Sure. They have the they have the skinny jeans. Right. And they right. just like to dance. They they well, love to dance. And they just like to pal around with other guys. Sure. And dance. Right. And have swoopy <laughs> hair like right. a lot of macho men do absolutely and they think i can maybe i can end up with one of these guys yeah yeah okay well so to put it back to you younger you know i mean yes southern harmonic great music um you right. know ex- uh, uh, first track exclusive to bridge box uh, that thing blew up on the tumblr it's too. racked up thousands of listens people all over the world great stuff but here's my question are they prepared i know they're going to be you know the the opening act the support act for your show are they prepared to bust out a dance routine because the skinny no, jeans that's yeah. great but yeah. i want to know are they going to bust a move right there's no question they they could that right now if 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 we were if we were to start the show right now and in the green room you walked in and said I want to see some dance moves I'm thinking Bernie uh, a little nay nay they could bring it they could do that right I now. feel like you're making those names up <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty old and white so maybe not well uh, there's another possibility that we're that we're dealing with here okay oh there are possibilities other than later hosen and boy bands yeah absolutely right not in my mind there aren't now, uh, well, you've told us something about yourself, haven't you? Okay, here's here's <laughs> what I'm into that one. <laughs> yeah, here's what I'm saying is, uh, what happens if people get intimidated? Yeah, and and like maybe this is too cool for me. Right, right. And then they don't show what if up. Some crazy man went right. on a podcast I liked and screamed about how I shouldn't even come because it's probably too cool. Right. That yeah. That's, weird like that, that could happen. You know. Yeah, sure. And then nobody's going to show up. Now. I don't know. You guys remember this? I think it was in the '80s. There was an actual televangelist, a guy who's really pretty famous, right? Who said that uh, the God was going to call him home. We'd had a vision. He had a vision, and and by God calling him home, he meant God was going to kill him, right? If uh, if people didn't donate enough money, okay, so they could build something, okay, you know, or okay. something like that. That was the thing. Uh, I think we ought to get in on that deal that god's going to call one of us home if we don't have enough people show up for this concert well i think probably lee okay sure you know <laughs> why's it got to be one of us sure you know i i'm not even in this concert you say, you say that as if you have uh so some sway over the choice are you planning to assist in this calling home well i think i have to at this point uh, unless you be made a liar <laughs> i can be sued okay i because sure. it's uh, it's going out on the, the internet that's what i'm saying Here's the thing, though. You just said us to the exclusion of me, which means 
there's a there's like a podcast faction. There's like an alliance, and I'm I'm out in the cold. Here's why it doesn't have anything to do with you opening up with that air conditioning crack. I can tell you that much. <laughs> okay, let let's circle back. Yeah, because things are getting confused here. Right. Let's nail this down. All right. Sound like us? This thing with Lee. <laughs> yeah. Sells That's out. That's confusing. It, 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 this thing with Lee, this, this exactly, let me clarify. This concert that yes. Lee is playing yes. sells out yes. or we kill Lee. <laughs> wow. That's, that from calling you got to save Lee's life by packing this house out. That is on the internet. So deal with it. In the arms of the angel, don't, don't you? you <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go. Don't you want to save this poor Lee Younger? Fly away from here. <laughs> For the cost of one concert ticket, you could help to prolong his life. <laughs> oh, That's right. I love how we went from a, an innocent CD release concert to actual human sacrifice. That's well, right. That's right. If if we're involved in it, it was never that innocent to begin with. Look, if Lee has to give his life right. for this thing to happen, by give you mean apparently mean have it be taken from him, right? A little bit. I think that's the least that we can do to ensure the success of this. <laughs> Not gig. the least he can do. The least we can do. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of there's a lot of worrying pronoun usage going on here. Yeah, there's I, a lot of substitutions that are well, very disturbing. Well, look, I feel like, you know, we've covered a lot of ground. Can I just summarize real quick? Summarize it. All right. CD release show, right. 10 bucks, lots of cool stuff. Right. Meet Heidi Klum, be yes. around beautiful people, Absolutely. save Lee Younger's life. That's totally. correct. That's well, I think what we happens. Can, if we don't really don't have time to drop new posters and stuff, but uh, there's a thing that happens in the, uh, the urban kind of hip-hop club community where there's varying levels of them lying about a celebrity being there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're scheduled to appear... And then there's invited to appear. Yeah. Which means we just sent an email to their publicist that Kanye would be here. So we're just going to go ahead and put it on the poster. Okay. So I think we can officially declare Heidi Klum invited to appear. Absolutely. Heidi, if you're listening, come to the show. Sure. Anybody else else we want to get in on that real quick right now? Well, weren't she and Seal having a real rough time? I guess. Because this could be like... Reconciliation. Yeah, exactly right. Do we want to cover more ground as far as as the promotional tool? So, Ban Ki-moon, head of the UN, invited to appear. Sure. All I'm saying is, if Seal is there, I'll buy a ticket to my own show. Sure. Okay. Okay. Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, invited invited to appear. Absolutely. The Apostle Paul, invited to appear. Sure. Well, the reanimated corpse of the Apostle Paul, to be specific. Sure, absolutely right. (laughs) That probably won't fit on the poster. And, and you know what? I'm, you know, I'm a peacemaker. That's right. what I care about. I, that's what I'm feeling is happening right Olive now. Olive Branch, right now. Joel Osteen, whoa, whoa. invited whoa, to dude. appear. You're just you go. You're you're ready to just make peace. Yeah, sure. I am. So he, just, now, gonna, look, he doesn't get in free. If he comes, he's got to pay the ten dollars. Oh, of course. I'm, here's what I'm saying. Threatening my assassination is one thing, dude, but but pinning me I down think that was more to an evening Joel Osteen, because that's a whole... Wow. Well, you're you're going to be on stage. You know, We're not going to let the little people near you. So sure, sure. You'll be well, quarantined off. What will explain to Joel when he inevitably arrives, and he says, no, now, can, 
can I meet Lee? I hear he's real great. We'll say, Joel Osteen, when did you get here to the recording? You'll have to understand, uh, Mr. Younger is a very busy man. He can't just meet fans. Right. He'd be mobbed. Right, we, yes. We, we have to respect his privacy. That's As a megachurch pastor, no one understands that dynamic better than you, sir. Exactly yes. right. Just because yes. you came to my thing doesn't mean I have to talk to you like a human being. Right. Please. Yeah. Let's not embarrass ourselves. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Save Lee's life. And I have been given the signal to declare emergency off. Well, that is. Absolutely. All right. It's a pretty smooth operation we're running. Absolutely. Let's review the details, the actual details real quick. So that's concert. Saturday, March 8th, 7 p.m., 9-11, Mount Castle Street. That's the Knoxville Young Life House in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm driving 500 miles to be at this show. What's your excuse? Yeah. There you go. Guilt him. As to quote Jed Brewer, you know it's Christian because there's guilt. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so, but 10 bucks if you want to come out. If you're in the area, that will be a whole lot of fun. All right. Lee could die. <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> what, you'll probably hear, as we mentioned, Southern Harmonic and Lee have both uh, put tracks towards Bridgebox, which we're going to talk about for a minute. Whoa. Keeping the smoothness of this show going. Wow. Oh, yeah. $8 Segway. a month. You get songs, sermons, Bible studies, devotionals, videos, lots of cool stuff. Um, this month's topic is how do I get, what do I do to get closer to God? So lots of good stuff on that topic. We do a new topic every month. Um, it's a lot of great stuff. It's way more than $8 worth of stuff. And that $8 goes directly to do ministry here in Chicago. If you sign up this month, you will, part of it will be your giving letter, which you'll hear the story of a guy we work with at the bridge named John, who thanks to Bridgebox supporters, we literally had money to put shoes on his feet. He had had some, uh, some ankle surgery problems, so his normal shoes didn't fit. And he was wearing sandals with bags over them during the coldest winter in Chicago history by a lot of metrics. So because folks out there support Bridgebox, we were able to buy him boots that he's been wearing all winter. So not only did Dick get cool stuff for yourself. You sign up for Bridgebox. Your money goes to doing real frontline ministry for people who would not be able to be helped otherwise. All right. That's missionusa.com slash bridgebox. All right, we're going to jump to our first question here. This came in via our email address. If you hang out with us all the way to the end, I will give you some ways to get in touch with us. It says, I was wondering what your strategies are when it comes to battling insecurity. I'm really struggling at the moment with my relationships with guys in my church and seeking attention and validation for my relationships and interactions with them. I know that this isn't healthy or right, but how can I have the right mindset in this area? I want to one day have a healthy relationship with a guy that isn't codependent. Where do I start? Jed, can you kick us off? Uh, I want to offer one thing to look at in regards to insecurity, and then I'll pass it on to these other brothers. I think one of the key things you can do with insecurity is... Whatever it is that you want, the thing that you crave getting, figure out how to give that away to other people. So um, here it sounds like uh, you mentioned that you want attention and validation. Um, I think a big part of what's before you in breaking the hold of insecurity in your life is finding other people that have a real need for attention and validation and going and giving that to them. Um, uh, there's something incredibly, incredibly freeing about uh, flipping the tables on insecurity in that way. So, for example, uh, maybe there's um, a middle school outreach uh, in your church uh, where there's um, 
gals that um, don't have the greatest relationship with their parents and they could really use a good big sister in their life someone that could take an interest in them someone that could love on them and encourage them um, uh, you're the exact right girl for that you're the exact right woman for that and uh, it would have an unbelievable impact on their lives and and it would provide a lot of freedom in yours um, you know one of the things about um, it's weird to say it, but, but one of the things about insecurity is that it's a, a weird form of greed. Um, because however much you have, it's never enough. Yeah. That's, that's the thing about it. Yeah. And if you want to get over greed, one of the key things you do is start giving stuff away. Right. Um, because you're, you're giving a message to yourself, this is not my master. Uh, yeah, you know, it feels better to give it than it does to receive it. Exactly right. Exactly right. But that's the place, just in terms of beginning to shift the mindset, these other brothers can give you some other really good stuff, but that's actually the, the, the one place I would start is to say, what is it that I want these relationships with guys to give me? You, you brought up attention. Uh, you brought up validation. There may be other things in there, too. Um, but make a list of what is it that I want these relationships to give me, and then start looking for opportunities. How do I turn around and give that away to other people who are in need? Mm-hmm. I think if you do that, that um it a you'll feel a lot better b you'll do a lot of really good ministry and c it'll put you in a mindset to be able to act on the advice that i think lee and glenn are about to give you absolutely lee um i thanks matt um i love all the stuff that jed said there it's a that's a great principle and it works for other things besides insecurity as well and and, um, i would say a couple of things on this one thing is that we make a lot of assumptions when it comes to relationships that if I had this piece in place, then everything else about relationships would fall into place. So if I wasn't insecure, then I automatically would have the perfect boyfriend and I would have the perfect relationship. The truth is that getting a relationship going, it takes work. It takes, there, there are, you know, hurdles you're going to have to get over. Even in a, even in a situation where you know exactly who you are, like if you, if you didn't have any of these insecurity issues about yourself, the way that you look or, or, you know, whether or not your laugh is goofy or something like that, or whether or not guys just look at you as a, as a little sister and stuff like that. If you had all of that stuff lined out, that wouldn't mean, you know, the relationship is going to fall in place today. There's other stuff that has to happen outside of that. One thing that happens a lot is because we assume that there's only one thing holding us back from having this relationship, we think, well, if I can't get past that, then I can't have any relationship at all. What I would encourage you is that you can actually go ahead and start pursuing healthy relationships Without this thing being settled, it, like knocked out, you can talk to you can talk to guys, see what kind of guys you're interested in, that kind of stuff, and 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 start to you know make the decisions and start to look for opportunities to hang out and stuff like that. Without having everything nailed down, it doesn't mean just because you don't have this doesn't mean you can't have any relationship. That's one thing I would say is this isn't the only thing that's standing in the way. Start looking at what are the other things holding me back? Can I get them out of the way? The other thing I would tell you on insecurity is specifically what I'd like you to do is just kind of as a strategy is imagine that your very best friend, the girl that you love most in the world is going through this. Now, when your best friend is hurting in something, you want to help them out of it. You want to you want to uh, you want to do the things, or say the things, or pray the things, or whatever that's going to help them move past this thing. What I'd love for you to do, just as a thought exercise, is imagine the the girl I love the most in this world is going through this. What would you say to her? How would you encourage her? How would you pray for her? 
What are the things, write down the things that you would say to her that are true about herself. Write down the Bible verses that she would need to remember about herself. Things that are true uh, that, that an insecure person can't see for themselves. This is the way the Lord feels about you. For instance, you would, you would uh, in that situation, you would probably share Psalm 45 with your friend, which, which says that, that the way the Lord feels about you is that he's enthralled by your beauty which is an amazing, it's an amazing psalm. It's, the, it's actually the, the wedding psalm of the Messiah. Um, you look for verses like that. Look for encouraging things. How would you build up your friend? And then the question, when, you, when you've actually figured that out, like how would I build up my friend in this situation, then turn that table on yourself and say, I want to start to figure out what it means to believe these things myself. I want to rehearse these scriptures for myself in my own life. I want to figure out what it means to actually believe these things for me right now. Um, I think those are a couple of things, you know, just thinking about how would I encourage a friend that I care about and love? How creative would I get? How, how would I really just go after this in, in such a way that I can help them be encouraged? And two, just knowing that there are other things to deal with in your process of getting towards a relationship. And just because this you have this thing, it doesn't mean that you can't do anything about relationships at all. It doesn't mean that you don't get to have one. It doesn't mean that guys aren't interested in you. There's, there's a whole host of things that you can start to do right now to pursue more healthy relationships. That's absolutely right. Glenn? Yeah, I agree with uh, everything these guys are saying. Some good stuff. Uh, one of the things, I think you, you, maybe you've heard of uh, method actors, you know, people who want to do a role and they kind of do things uh, that pertain to that role to learn about it. Uh, well, for me, when I want to minister in an area where I don't have a struggle, uh, I try and figure out how to sort of get myself into that struggle to figure out what it's like. Uh, and the thing is, I'm not, I, I'm not, uh, of all my many things I struggle with, insecurity doesn't tend to be one of them. So um, I created a situation a little while back, and we were talking about mu music earlier in the show. I created a situation where I would put myself in a position to uh, feel insecure about myself. So what I did, uh, I came up with the idea. Uh, as you guys know, uh, Jed leads worship for the our bridge service. Uh, and uh, as you guys uh, know from hearing his music and hearing Lee's music, these guys are world-class talents. They're world-class songwriters. They're, uh, Jed is uh, Jed has made exactly one mistake from musically from the stage, and we are still reveling in that and enjoying it years and years later. And That's, again, by we, you mean you. I mean me. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, you know, we're talking about a real proficiency. You've heard us mention Pete Ta uh, Pete Lawson and uh, Tasha Lawson. They're uh, professional, classically trained uh, musicians. Uh, uh, Pete can hear uh, uh, something and tell you what key it's in and what sort of chord progression and all, which is probably uh, using voodoo of some kind. Uh, we don't have proof of not that. But what the thing is with with all this, I said I'm going to learn to play a new instrument that I don't have any idea how to play. I, I, I do play, uh, you know, other instruments, but I, I said, I'm going to learn to play a brand new instrument and then I'm going to play it on stage next to Jed and Pete, uh, knowing that not only are they better musicians than me, but this is an instrument where I couldn't even possibly be whatever. 
Um, and here's what I, it, it worked. I felt all of these emotions of it. And the, the first thing I felt was, and I, I put this to you, is I was projecting onto Pete and Jed that they were hating it. You know, I was, uh, I would just, I would hit a wrong chord. And in my mind, I'm thinking Pete can hear what's wrong with that chord. And it's like, it's like nails on a chalkboard to him. Now, Pete's over there just, he doesn't care. He, you know, he's just happy to be playing next to me and we're all cutting up and having fun up there and whatever. He doesn't, he doesn't need every single chord to be right for him to enjoy himself. He's not a petty person. But I'm projecting that onto him. The second thing that happened with that is it escalated very quickly. It just it, it, Something about insecurity is like a feedback loop where it just kept getting bigger and bigger, like a snowball effect. It would just get, I'd keep thinking, oh gosh, this is not good and these guys don't like it and they don't like me and I'm, I'm messing everything up and I, this is a terrible thing. Why did I think to do this? And it just, it gets, uh, it, it, it sort of uh, uh, has that escalating quality to it. And the third thing that I realized on that is if i want to get out of this i had to make a decision about it i can't as jed was saying i couldn't look for external indications because you know jed would say it's good it's fine it's lovely you know pete would say it's fine it's lovely you're it's the core you play the chords when there's when they come up what else is there to music i mean that's it you know but in, in my mind i'm saying ah oh, they're just saying that to be nice you know so i can't I couldn't let they couldn't convince me out of a mindset that I had chosen to have. So for me, it was about making a choice to say, you know what? I'm not great at this, but I'm okay at it. Okay is good enough. Therefore, done. Uh, that it was a decision I made. It wasn't uh, uh, there. There wasn't any other way out of that. I think for me. So that's what I'd suggest to you. I think those are all great points. All right, we're gonna move on to our next question here. It also came into our email inbox. It says. Hey guys, how do I give my heart wholeheartedly to God? That's harder to read out loud than you'd think. And put him first so that when I get into a relationship, I can still be putting God first in that. Lee, can you kick us off? Absolutely. This comes from our friend Matthew. Thanks, dude, for your question. Um, I think that a lot of times uh, Christians, and, and especially I would say young believers, have the idea that that you know this phrase, giving my life wholeheartedly to God, that when they think about that, that the image in their mind is, I'm at a conference with uh, tens of thousands of people, and there's a worship band on the stage, and there's a laser light show, and I've got my hands in the air, and there's tears coming down my face, and it's a very emotional thing, and we're all singing this worship song together. I think, I honestly think that for most Christians, in their mind, when they think of giving their life wholeheartedly to God, that that's what they mean by it. That it's something that looks like it's a demonstrative, I am, I've got my hands in the air, tears coming down my face, and I'm saying, take my life, you know, all this kind of stuff, and, you know, it's, it's all about you, Jesus. This is the, you know, the, you know, may you receive the glory of this thing or whatever. And look, that, that's all, it's, it's great. If you went to that conference, that's awesome. But the, the, the truth is, when we come down to what it really means to give your heart wholeheartedly to God, what that is actually about is getting to a place where you let Jesus call the shots in your life. Yep. That's what is really going on. Um, throughout the New Testament, 
and and even in the Old Testament too, the Lord has a lot of different pictures about what our relationship with Him is supposed to look like, what He's looking for out of that. Some of the pictures, there's there is a there are pictures about a king and his subjects, a dad and his kids, um, a potter and the clay. Um, there's the 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 bridegroom and the bride. There's all these different things, and uh, and they're always we're always in a position of of being under Jesus and him being the shot caller who's kind of running the show. And that's the whole thing is if you want to put, if you want to make God wholeheartedly the the center of your life, what that means is, is saying to Jesus in moments where he is leading you and calling you saying to him, I'm going to let you tell me what to do because you are smarter than me and you have my best interest at heart and you want what's best for me. And so I'm going to do that. If you're wondering, how do I do this? Then it, it, you don't have to go to a conference. You don't have to have the worship band on the stage. You don't have to be surrounded by thousands of people. All you have to do is tomorrow morning, tell Jesus, look, I'm not going to be able to pull this off all day long. Okay. I already know that Lord, but today I want you to help me to let you be the shot caller. And I want to I want to get better at this. Even if it's just one time out of a thousand today that you're giving me something obvious that you want me to do in in a moment, help me understand what it means to say, yes, okay, okay. You get to call the shots on that thing. That's what this is about. Here's the cool thing is that if you start practicing this in little things, asking him to give you the strength to do this, making Jesus the shot caller, nobody's looking, nobody's tallying this up. If you fall and fail, it's okay. You're forgiven. You get to get back on the horse, the whole thing. What that means is when you do get into a relationship with a young gal and you guys start talking and praying through what are our physical boundaries going to be, what are, what is, you know, what are this and that part of our relationship going to be, you've already got practice in what it means to, to let Jesus call the shots, set the boundaries, and to walk in those things. And so you're going to have a, this, a great head start on what it means to have God at the center of that relationship. That's an excellent point. I didn't uh, make this joke at the time because it would have been inappropriate. Lee was making a very serious point. But at Christian conferences, you, wave, you put your hands in your, the air and wave them like you care a lot. <laughs> well played. Nice. Well played. Wave them with sincerity. All right, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, it's a great question. It's 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 the right thing. We we want to give our our heart uh, to God and and we want Him to be in control. That's the ultimate goal. Uh, you're right on track. You want to do that in in the context of a male female relationships and making sure he comes first. That's that's the exact right perspective you have here. But um, if if the question was being put to me, uh, what do I do when I mess this up? That would be a different animal. And when you think about it. Because it's one of those things where it's impossible to perfectly perform this. And if we were going into it with that attitude of, okay, so I, I, I know I'm going to set off with this goal to succeed. I'm likely to do okay at it. I'm liable to, you know, get in the zone and do pretty good for a while. But I'm bound to either have a fairly serious slip up in there that kind of came along and bit me in the behind there, or I'm liable to realize I think God's in control of certain areas of my life. And then, you know, when I really, really look at it, I realize he's, he's kind of not. 
so uh, when that happens, what do I do? How do I get back on track? How do I, you know, how do I go about the process and the journey of giving my life wholeheartedly to the Lord? If that's the question, then I'd feel a lot more comfortable answering that. I got a lot of good, smart stuff for that. But I don't really think, as Leah suggested, I don't think that's quite the question. I think the question is, I want to be the kind of Christian who gives my heart to God 100%, and then is that. I'm just super spiritual yeah. all the time. Yeah. How do I do that? How do I give my heart to the Lord, and then he has it, and then I have done that, and then it's over, and then we celebrate that, you know. Uh, this is not actually how this works at all. And we need to uh, sort of adjust our expectations, I guess, to, to fit that. Um, giving your life wholeheartedly to God is a lifelong journey. That takes the rest of your life. You'll discover at the end of your life, you still haven't fully, fully done that in every little area of your life because you're not perfect. And, um, and, and the, the journey itself will, is, is a big part of the, the, the meaningfulness of your relationship with God. Uh, but here's the thing, and this is the point I close out on, is Christians, bless your hearts, you are just not comfortable with a transition. You're not comfortable with, I'm starting here, and I'm pointed over there. I, I, have, I have not given uh, nearly all of my heart to God, but I have the desire to do that. I have the intent to do that. I'm pointed at that, and here I go. That We should be comfortable with that. I, I, I'm starting at 100% messed up and 100% cluelessness. And I haven't given God any of my heart really, really yet. But I intend to do it, and I'm off to a good start. And so that's a nice thing. I, I, I would be comfortable with that. I want you to be comfortable with that. I think that's where everyone should be at. But this is a question really kind of of how do I just do that? How do I jump straight to that? How do I find myself in a position where I'm, uh, fully uh, given my my heart to the Lord. Uh, I I want us to to you know regroup on that and really think in terms of if we're not comfortable with the transition, if we're not comfortable with be this being a thing that's in process that we grow in and we improve in and we we uh, develop over time and that we wrestle with and that that we make mistakes in that and we learn from those mistakes if we're not comfortable with that then i think what we're going to end up doing is is sort of fibbing to ourselves inflating our estimation of ourselves hiding getting in denial about what's wrong with us and all that kind of stuff which ends up just everything blows up in our face and and we we end up lower than when we started absolutely jed well, I'll tell you um, what this looks like in my life. And what it looks like in my life is um, going to God and in prayer and saying, what do you want me to do? Uh, and then listening for his response. Uh, that, that's actually how I put God first in my life. Um, so, for example, um, going to God and saying, um, here's how much money I've got. What do you want me to do with that? Uh, where do you want to see that money go? Um, what do you, how much of that should be giving, how much of that should be saving, how much of that should be fun. Um, and then, um, 
uh, being still before the Lord and, and listening for the quiet voice of the Holy Spirit and um, then acting on it. That's kind of category by category, thing by thing. That's, in my life, um, kind of practically speaking, how it looks to, to put God first. And then in terms of, you know, how would you do that in the context of a relationship, um, that's, that's actually pretty straightforward. You find a gal that's on that same thing. Um, where um, she's going and, and asking God what she, uh, what the Lord wants her to be doing with stuff, uh, and then she acts on that. Um, I can tell you uh, in, in my life, in my marriage to my wife, that's actually how we make pretty much all of our major decisions, um, uh, and even a lot of pretty small decisions. We, we, you know, we go to the Lord, um, we each individually ask Him, what is it that you're looking for us to do here? Um, uh, we pray that through. We try and listen um, to what he has to say. We compare notes on that. We pray it through some more, and and then we do it. Uh, we we act on it. It's weird that that doesn't sound very spiritual in an odd way because it it doesn't involve a lot of heightened emotions. And as Lee's talking about, it doesn't involve the worship band. And as Glenn's talking about, it doesn't involve kind of you know these impossible expectations of of perfection for yourself. But what I can tell you is. Um, Almost any Christian you find that's having, you know, a strong impact on the world is doing some variant on that. Um, On on some level, at the end of the day, they're going to the Lord. They're saying, uh, what do you want me to do in this particular area? Uh, What do you want me to do with my work life? What do you want me to do with my home life? What do you want me to do with my money? What do you want me to do with my time? And they're trying in some way to listen for God's response. Um, uh, That's, again... Any Christian you know that's having a strong impact for the kingdom, that's that's actually w- what's going on there. So the best thing you can do, bro, and this builds off of Glenn's point, this is a process, is start listening. Um, start asking the Lord questions and trying to listen for what he has to say. That's a, It's an imperfect process. Um, you, you're, um, Paul says that now we see but through a glass darkly, and so it is with trying to, to listen for the voice of the Lord. But if you're willing to listen, he's willing to speak. Um, and uh, particularly, the more you're willing to act on what he tells you, the more you're going to hear from him. Um, but that's practically speaking how you live that out. I think those are all great points. One thing I would add on the end here, you've heard it in a couple of different contexts, but to put a finer point on it is um, there's actually, despite what many a megachurch pastor and book writer would tell you, there's really no such thing as giving your life to the Lord there's giving your decisions, there's giving parts of your life, there's no, as all these guys talked about, no one big sweeping declaration of it. It is, in every sense of the word, a piece-by-piece thing, and as Jed was saying, the the odd thing about doing doing it right, especially at the beginning, is it doesn't really feel like much. You know, in Luke 9, Jesus says, you know, take up your cross daily. There's no, as Glenn was alluding to, there's no one big box to check and then it's done. It's all resettable then that's a big part of why it's not necessarily an emotional thing because these practical deals, as uh, Lee talked about, will carry over. You'll make some practical deals, you'll better listen to the Lord, and that will carry the next day. Emotions don't carry over. Emotions just kind of drift in and out. So uh, just to synthesize all that, it's it's a very small process, and you can get started on it today. Right, we move to our last question here. This came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. It says, I recently found out that a close friend of mine has been diagnosed with terminal inoperable cancer. She's been given a year or less to live. She's at peace with it. I'm not. She has come to terms with the idea and fully trust God's plan for her. I'm not ready to let her go yet. I feel so selfish, but I'm just not ready. I want to move on and accept it, but I just don't, can't get past how God would do this to a woman with such great faith. I don't get it, and it feels too soon for her. What do I do? Glenn, can you kick us off? Uh, absolutely. And uh, 
uh, I'll respect the privacy uh, uh, of a person who's uh, close to me, but uh, I have someone very, very close uh, to me that uh, we're having a conversation with her last night uh, where she was uh, talking about this exact thing of uh, being in a, a cancer battle and, and, to, and to this level of, uh, you know, bad prognosis. Uh, and let's start with, uh, with this. There is no one right way to mourn this kind of stuff. There's no one right reaction. There's no, uh, you know, some people like you, I think, uh, need to kind of rail against it, need to kind of just, uh, you know, be angry about it just as a way of processing it, just as, you know, uh, you know, as, as a way of getting into dealing with it. And I think that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I, I think some people, uh, get to a point of, um, you know, trying to work it out theologically. Some people, you know, everybody just deals with stuff differently. Some people, uh, kind of repress that in the short term and fall apart later on, all those kinds of things. Uh, but I think for you, uh, we want to get away from the idea of there's a right way to do this that we have to figure out. Uh, this is about your walk with the Lord and you working that out with him. Uh, and I, I think you want to give yourself that flexibility to do it in a way that makes sense to you and God. Uh, the second thing is... Uh, it, it, I strongly hesitate to inject any theology into any situation where it's about grief. Uh, but um, it, at, at long last, we do have to recognize here, uh, death is not a curse, for heaven's sake. Uh, we, when, when we depart this life, we go to a much better world. Amen. Uh, and uh, it's right that you should focus on the fact that you will miss her and that the missing her part is the unacceptable part. And I think you ought to start there. I think you ought to end there uh, because that's the totality of this. That's the one part of this thing that no matter how you look at it, it's still going to suck because uh, it's just not cool. Uh, and I think th let's deal with that. Theologically speaking, if your friend has faith and is a, a, a fine woman, who better to leave this world and go on to some place where there where there's paradise and where there's no more of the the frustrations and problems and worries that the rest of us deal with? Uh, so we're not going to see it as a curse. We're we're uh, it, it, on her behalf. It's more of a sense of this is my friend that I will miss. I know I will see her again, but I'm going to miss her in the meantime. Let's focus on that. The third thing I would say, to, and to wrap it up, is. Um, Everything when we're dealing with death is about moving on. It doesn't mean ignoring. It doesn't mean uh, disregarding. In fact, that's the, the that's the last thing you want to do. But you have to move on. You have to move through uh, mourning. We have to move through the shock of this. We have to move through the pain of it. We have to carry on. We got to move forward. We're going to waste a lot of time uh, uh, when we don't have much left with a lot of you know, emotionality bouncing around. Uh, we, we can't stop and process the emotions of all this in real time. What we have to do is carry on. We have to make the most of every day uh, 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 that we have left. We have to love one another the best we can. Uh, bless your heart. Who knows? And this is a happy prediction. Maybe you step off a curb and get hit by a bus. You go before she does. 
We just don't know. So uh, we we want to make the most of every day. We want enough people don't come to Lee's concert. That happens. Exactly. Just saying. There, who's who's to say? <laughs> uh, but what we want to do is is. Uh, By the way, for people who skip the emergency. That's not as disturbing as it sounds. What Matt yeah, just said. Yeah, you got you got to go back and hear the beginning, but uh, that's the the main bottom line on all that is uh, we have to love one another while we still have that time here on Earth, and to make the most of every opportunity to do that, uh, and and let that be our main focus. Absolutely, Jed. Well, like um, Glenn said, we're real, real sorry for what you're going through and sorry for what you're dealing with. And we appreciate you writing in and, and being honest with us. Um, uh, you asked, what do I do? The answer is you take it one day at a time. Uh, that's what you do. Um, uh, you don't need to rush to the end of this. You don't need to have all the answers worked out. You take it one day at a time. But part of that, um, and this builds on what Glenn is saying, is your friend isn't dead yet. Um, right. um, you should enjoy your friend today. And right. enjoy her tomorrow. Enjoy her the day after tomorrow. One of the things that that happens um, when people die suddenly and unexpectedly is one of the real griefs there is all the things we never got to do. Um, right. You know, the, the things I never got to tell them, uh, the things I never got to say to them, the time we didn't get to spend together. Right. Um, and, you know, part of why it's grief is because this side of eternity, that's not coming back. Um, that's That's over now. But you have with your friend here... Uh, an opportunity to have no regrets with her, to, to make sure you've said everything to her um, that uh, you want to say. You know, you ask, um, uh, uh, um, how could God do this to a woman with such great faith? Have you told your friend you think she's a woman of great faith? You know, have you, have you right. told her how you feel about her? Because uh, if you haven't, you should. Now, mm-hmm. Now's the time. And I think um, the, the truth is, and, and not to be morbid, but all relationships on this earth are temporary. Every single one of them. Um, um, You have a, most likely anyway, a much firmer sense of how temporary this one is, but they're all temporary. Um, And um, the truth is, you know, every time people bring a child into this world, they do so with the odds being that child will have to bury them. Um, we have a choice. We can spend the entire life of, of that child mourning what will someday come to pass, or we can enjoy that relationship. And I'd encourage you to, to ask yourself, is it possible yet for you to enjoy this relationship with this gal? You say that she's at peace with it. And if she's at peace with it, I think there is something there for you to enjoy with the time that you have left. We're going to be praying for you. We, we certainly hope and, and um, know that... that uh, Miracles can happen, but even if that doesn't happen, I think taking it a day at a time um, and asking yourself, what would it mean to have no regrets in regards to my relationship with my friend? You know, what are the things that I would want to make sure I've said to her? What are the things I would want to make sure that that um, we got to do together, where we really, you know, live to the fullest, even if it's just during this year that she has left? I, I think um, whether it's with her or with the other re- relationships in your life, you know, living fully today and loving fully today. That's that's the key, um, and uh, we believe in you. Uh, we're going to be praying for you. Um, don't be a stranger. This is not um, a one-time thing that you're dealing with in terms of you can ask a question, then it has to be done. Hit us back. Let us know how you're doing and how we can be praying more specifically for you. Amen. Absolutely, Lee. Um, yeah, as these guys said, we're, we're so sorry uh, that this is going on and our, our heart breaks along with you. And as these guys said, this is, this is part of being in this broken world. And I loved how Glenn said, 
that the, you know, the missing, having to miss this person is the part that's unacceptable. You know, when you're saying, I want to move on and accept it. And that's the part that's, that's unacceptable. I loved how he said that because the truth is, you know, that we have this, we have this feeling just wrapped up inside the, in, you know, the eternal destiny of all of us that we shouldn't feel this. We shouldn't have to feel this missing when somebody's gone. And I loved how he said that's the unacceptable part. The cool thing is that we have the hope that Jesus is going to pay all of that back. We don't, I mean, that's so unfathomably amazing. The idea that, and, and all of us on this show know what it feels like to lose somebody that we love and yeah. to have our heart broken by that. And the idea, and for us to, to speak out of the depth of that pain and to have the hope and the faith that somehow Jesus is going to pay us back. He's going to make everything right in such a way that 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 sadness is going to be overwhelmed by a joy that we can't even understand. That's incredible. I mean, that that's an incredible hope that we have. But at the very end of the question, you say, I don't get it. And the thing that I would encourage you on this, this is the, the last, my last thing on this, on this question is, um, don't, don't try to get it because, uh, there's no getting it. Um, there's, there's no way to understand this. This is not, this is not the way things were supposed to be. Uh, this is, this is part of the brokenness. Um, it doesn't make sense. It's not right. It's not the way, um, it's not the way. Uh, human life is supposed to go. It's not the way it's supposed to end. Um, and so don't try to, uh, don't try to understand this. As Glenn said, we do have to move on and we do have to do the next thing, but you don't have to get it in that sense. You don't have to understand why this is happening. The things that the Lord allows, the things that the Lord orders, we can never understand why. And I will say one thing here. If anybody, if anybody, I don't care if they're a pastor or if they're a relative of the person that you're losing or whatever, if any person, well-meaning or otherwise, comes up to you and tries to explain why this is happening, it's time to tell that person in no uncertain terms to get out of your face because they don't know why. Uh, This happens all the time that people say, you know, I think the Lord did this because, and then they'll have some reason. You know, why in the, in the, you know, the growth of the kingdom of God, God allowed this thing to happen. Those people do not know what they're talking about and they have no right to say that to you. And you can tell them that to, to go ahead and step off, um, because there will be those people, but you don't have to get it. You don't have to understand why this is happening. I don't think we can, but the Lord will strengthen you as you take this, as Jed's saying, one day at a time, moving on, doing the next thing. The Lord will put your heart back together, and one day he's going to wipe every tear from every eye. It's absolutely fantastic stuff. One thing I'd add on the end of this is I would speak to your point about uh, feeling selfish, which uh, that's a perfectly understandable feeling. But here's the thing to remember. Um, this is a thing that's happening to you in the sense of your friend has cancer, so they by far win the Olympics of having the most bad thing happening to them, but your friend is dying, which is a bad thing that is happening to you. So you're going to have some emotions about that. You're going to have to process that. That's fine. Now, the one thing we probably wouldn't want to do is try to do your own processing around your friend before that time is about them. Um, When you're around someone who's going through something kind of huge like this, uh, one of the things that's tough for people, and unfortunately, especially as Lee was talking about there, tough for Christians, is you kind of have to let them set the pace. 
if they if there's a day when they're feeling a little overwhelmed and want to vent and be weepy and all that stuff, that's cool. There may be and probably will be days where they really want to kind of pretend this isn't happening. Yeah. And that's cool too. It's not your it's not your job to tell that's them how sad point. they should be. That's great. So that when you're with them, you got them set the pace. Here's the thing: when you're with other people talking about what's going on in your life, especially when you're alone with the Lord, that time's about you, and that's a time to get get real honest <laughs> and uh, feel the things you're feeling. Because you, you talked about wanting to accept it, and we've all talked about this a little bit. Here's the thing: is no one jumps straight to acceptance. You can't think your way there. You can't read a magic Bible verse. You can't pray your way straight to acceptance. You have to work through the things you're going with i mean that includes all the negative emotion and all the bad theology and all the there's a there's a psalm where where david is essentially yelling at god saying why won't you wake up the interesting thing about that is obviously there are other places in the bible where it points out that god never sleeps you will go through some bad theology and some mean thoughts about god and that's cool god can take all that stuff amen but you have to engage that part of your brain and get that out in order to get to acceptance there's no shortcutting it there they're shortcutting to pretend to be to accept something, and that leads to a truly epic freakout later on down the line. So we want to spare you that. And as Jed said, if you have further questions on this, just want to vent, just uh, want somebody to pray for you, feel free to get a hold of us. And if you have a question, you can do the same. That's say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. If you leave a message for us on the Tumblr and want to make sure it gets on the podcast, make sure to mention that in your question. All right, just remember, Lee's concert is this Saturday, March the 8th at 7 p.m. at the Knoxville Young Life House. That's 911 Mount Castle Street, Knoxville, Tennessee. $10 at the door. A lot of great music, some extra bonuses. Get in on Lee's um, new record. It'll be the CD release party. you also hear some more about Bridgebox Lee Younger, which you can sign up for at missionusa.com slash BBLY. That is Lee's personal branded version of our Bridgebox service. You can get the original at missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. Every month, that's lots of exclusive stuff specifically designed to fuel your walk in your inbox every month. And every month, all that money goes to directly doing Frontlines Ministry, either here in Chicago or in Tennessee. So remember those addresses, missionusa.com slash bridgebox, missionusa.com slash BBLY. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Buy Lee's concert ticket. Probably sit between Heidi and Queen Elizabeth.